Welcome back to Buy Talk with Bex. I've been working on so many interview episodes that I thought it would be nice to break things up with an episode of just me. So this week our focus will be on what it's like to fly and go through TSA with a disability. And let's be honest here, if you don't have a disability, then you probably have never even thought about it before. Well, sit back and let me tell you about it. First things first, let me throw some random bits of information at you guys. So let's talk about the Air Carrier Access Act. Um, it's also referred to as the ACAA and the amendments that have been made to it. So the original ACAA was signed by President Ronald Reagan in 1986. For anyone who wants to do their own research, it's Title 49, Section 41705 of the U.S. Code, but I'll break it down for you guys as well. So in short, the ACAA prohibits commercial airlines from discriminating against passengers with disabilities. It does this by requiring the air carriers to accommodate the needs of disabled passengers. While this was a massive first step in the right direction, time and time again, there have been the need to make amendments to it. Even after this was signed, many passengers continued to experience disability-related issues. These amendments have reinforced the laws that have been put in place, and yet for some reason, we still seem to constantly fall through the cracks. In 2019, Senator Baldwin stated, in order to keep America's promise to full equality for all, we must work to break down barriers that individuals with disabilities and our veterans face when they travel. And Senator Baldwin has been a staunch reporter of the ACAA and all of its amendments and has fought for all of these amendments to be signed. Each of the three most recent amendments, so 2017, 2019, and actually as recently as 2021, have all expanded on the provisions of prohibiting discrimination against disabled individuals by an air carrier. Specifically, they list actions that an air carrier must take or may not take with respect to a disabled passenger. They are required by the Department of Transportation to ensure that disabled individuals traveling in air transportation are able to file complaints directly with the Department of Transportation in response to disability-related discrimination and receive assistance from the Department of Transportation through a hotline or comparable electronic means. All three amendments also have expanded on the regulations for the minimum standards for aircrafts with new or existing type certificates to ensure the accessibility of individuals with disabilities, including those who need wheelchairs. The standards address boarding and deplaning equipment, seating accommodations, lavatories, visually accessible announcements, 
and proper stowage of assistive devices in the cargo hold to prevent damage, among other things. All three amendments have expanded on the authorization of discriminated disabled persons to bring a civil action. And lastly, the amendment in 2017 expands on this even further by stating that the civil penalty for the damage to a wheelchair or other mobility aid of a disabled passenger may be increased up to three times the maximum penalty otherwise allowed. And that the Department of Transportation shall a prescribe or revise regulations to ensure that the individuals with disabilities who request assistance receive timely and effective assistance at airports and on aircrafts from trained personnel, b develop an airline passengers with disabilities bill of rights, and three establish an advisory committee for air travel needs of passengers with disabilities. So I know that was a whole bunch of legal jargon just kind of thrown at you guys, but in essence, it's protecting anyone with a disability and giving them actionable things that they can do to complain, essentially, to the powers that be. But as we can see, it's a continual work in progress. It's constantly being updated and worked on. But of course, there's always things that go wrong and in my experience it's always been the attitude of the worker whether it be the flight attendant or the TSA agent that has sealed the deal for me. So while the ACAA and all of the subsequent amendments are of course logistical moves in the right direction I believe that one of the main issues that we face is the attitude of the workers. So to demonstrate my point I have a few different examples to share from my own experiences. So this first story I'm going to share took place when I was just barely 18. And this is an important fact to make note of because it comes into play later on. But at this point in time, my urologist had moved to Wisconsin and we begun flying there instead of to Seattle to continue to see him. And it was this trip when I was just 18 that I had a surgery to remove my Mitrofenoff, which I don't think I've discussed with you guys yet. That's um, a discussion for another episode to go into more deeply. But just so you have a basic understanding of what it is, I had a channel from my bladder up to my belly button created so that when they needed to do tests where tubes needed to be inserted into my bladder, we could use this channel sticking the tube down the belly button opening, which trust me, this is so much easier than shoving a, a tube up your unmentionables. Anyway, the point is that it frequently got infected and would discharge bodily fluids that stained my clothes even when it wasn't infected. And we hadn't used the Mitrofenoff in a long time. It had been a few years. So Dr. Mitchell said that he thought it was time we reversed the surgery and removed Mitrofenoff, giving me a normal belly button. This way I wouldn't be fighting infections all the time due to the channel. So this trip I had the surgery to have it removed. And I was only in the hospital overnight before I signed myself out, 
which was also for the very first time, being able to sign myself out instead of having a parent sign me out. And we went to the airport a day or so later. So I think you all would agree that after such a surgery, I probably wasn't feeling 100% quite yet. And the area of the surgery, so essentially my entire middle section, was fairly immobile. So imagine how unhappy we were when I was chosen as one of TSA's random body searches. The agent asked me to remove my shoes and it was a huge ordeal. I couldn't bend over easily, even seated the bend was too much for my surgery site and it was extremely painful. The agent was cold and very unsympathetic. And since I was 18, here's where this becomes important to the story, they wouldn't let my mother or my aunt come to help me take off my shoes. And if I had been a minor, they would have been forced to let them help me. But because I was legally an adult, they refused me the aid. And this prolonged this painful experience and actually put me in physical pain that could have been avoided. They could have seen how much I needed the help and there was a way to get their job done and not leave such a sour taste in our mouths from the not great treatment that we received from them. I think that demonstrates that yes, they were doing their job, I get that, but they could have handled it in a better way that we would have not remembered negatively, which we clearly do. This next story I was fairly young for. I think I was under 11 because it was before I had had the major surgery to create the Mitrofnov. So we were on board the plane and we had already flown home. So we were at the airport, but they weren't letting us deplane yet. And I actually asked my mom and my aunt if they could remember why they weren't letting us off the plane and literally none of us can remember the reason why but it's not really the point anyway so for whatever reason they were holding us on the plane and not letting us off and we were just sitting at our gate and i had to use the bathroom and anyone else who has bladder extrophy or has a kid with one will understand that this means that i really 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 had to go and however, the flight attendant wasn't letting anyone use the bathrooms on the plane. They insisted that we had to wait until we deplaned and use the restrooms in the airport. But they were taking forever, insisting it would only be a few minutes more. And now just a few more minutes. And we're not quite ready for us to deplane yet. My bladder honestly felt like it was going to explode. And I'm not over-exaggerating here. I had tears brimming my eyes and it was taking every single muscle in my body to tense up and not have an accident right there in the seat. There was light elevator type music playing softly throughout the plane. And luckily a song came on that we were very familiar with. And my mom and my aunt Jean got me to focus on the song which was my favorite things from The Sound of Music, and got me to sing along to it. And this 
distracted me from the physical pain that I was experiencing. This story is short because there's not much to it. That's really it. This is one of the most painful memories that I have. That is how much my body was hurting. The flight attendant had the power to change that, to show some human kindness, but they made a choice not to. And so instead of creating a memory that celebrates human kindness by just letting a little girl go use the freaking bathroom, she left me with an incredibly negative experience. So now that I have shared a few unfortunate choice memories, let me switch gears here and share a few positive one for you guys. When I was 11, so a little bit after that last story, I had a major surgery, which again, I'll go into more detail in a later episode, but it's when I had the Mitrofenoff installed um, or created, not installed. But for now, just know that I had tubes in not fun places with bags attached and we had medical supplies in my mom's suitcase, including some catheters. So some tube, some very thin tube-like medical supplies. And when we got to the airport, I had to use a wheelchair. Um, I believe we were already running a bit late, so not really great on our part for that but of course TSA had to go through our baggage when they saw of course the tube like things on the x-ray machine and I distinctly remember my mom having to chat with a TSA agent for about five to ten minutes explaining over and over what they were for and on top of that I also had to be searched in the wheelchair with all of my tubes and bags. And luckily the TSA agent that I got this time was very unlike the one from my previous story. They were kind and it literally made all the difference in the world. We don't have any negative reflections on this moment, even my mom. They were merely doing their jobs and they were careful with our belongings and apologetic once they understood what the tubes were for and that I needed them. Um, They were kind to me as well, allowing me to remain in my wheelchair. They gently proceeded to inspect me and the wheelchair. And yeah, they were gentle and it made a huge difference. When the agent found my bags that were attached to the tubes, they were incredibly sensitive about the fact that we were in view of the public eye and they carefully placed them back and covered them with my coat once again. She felt bad that she even had to search me at all. Again, we understood that it was her job and she understood that she didn't have to be insensitive while doing her job. And it made all the difference. This instance was handled gracefully by the agents and we in no way fault them at all. Um, this last story I have for you is a few months later, I, I believe, and all the tubes from the major surgery had been removed, and now I had the off and it was fully functional. And we were under orders from the doctor to use this channel when I needed to use the restroom, because they wanted to make sure 
that I was completely voiding my bladder every time I used the bathroom. And um, this in itself would help prevent UTIs. Because if you're not completely voiding and there's still urine in the bladder, that will create a UTI, or it can. And I was getting those quite a lot. So, point being, I had been troughing off, we were under orders to use it, and in order to do this, I needed my mom's assistance in the bathroom. Now, we all know how tiny plain bathrooms are. They're ridiculously small. So in order for my mom to help me in the bathroom, the door would have to remain open, which means we would have absolutely no privacy while doing this very personal thing. We hoped we wouldn't have to deal with this on the plane, having gone to the restroom at the airport before we, you know, boarded the plane. And it was a short flight, so we hoped we could make it to the other airport. And um, <clears throat> as luck would have it, of course, <laughs> I needed to use the restroom on the plane. So my mom talked with the flight attendant um, when it became clear that I needed to use the restroom and they discussed a solution before even getting me out of my seat. So while my mom had the door propped open against her as she helped with the catheter insertion, the flight attendant blocked off the entire aisle for us and held space for us around the door so that we could keep our privacy. So her aid in this act of discretion helped me maintain my dignity and being born with a medical defect you get used to not having that luxury her allowing me this small piece it was truly above and beyond her call of duty and my mom and I are both incredibly grateful that she gave us this in this instance of course it was her action of aiding us but it was also her attitude that she had that we remember so well. She didn't have to do that, and yet she offered and was willing to. It's ex extremely meaningful to us. Well, now you've heard two stories involving TSA agents and two stories that involve flight attendants. Two of each, well, yeah, two were positive and two were negative. And I think these stories demonstrate that it wasn't just the rules being followed that were the issue, it was the attitude in which these people conducted their jobs with. And we can keep working to change the laws to better the lives of those who have disabilities, but until we can adjust our feelings and actions, I don't think it will do much help. To quote Aesop, no act of kindness, no matter how small, is ever wasted. Well, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Body Talk with Bex. I know it was a little bit on the short side compared to my most recent episodes, but... It is what it is, I guess. <laughs> I hope you found it informative. Um, if you did, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Um, to help me keep this podcast going, please consider becoming a patron on patreon.com. 
If you're interested in sharing your story or know someone who does, please feel free to reach out to me either on my website, which is www.bodytalkwithbex.com, or you can find me on social media at bodytalkwithbex.